Hello, hello, hello. Sammy here from the Gateway team. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we start. I just want to say thank you so much to all the fans of the show who've been with us since the start and welcome to anyone who is newly joining us. We appreciate so much of the love and support that we've received from all of you over the last few seasons. And we'd especially like to thank our patrons who have been kind enough to help us with the podcast. And if you'd like to become a patron of our show, you can head over to www patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Every little bit helps and it means the absolute world to us. So thank you to all of you who have done and thank you to all of you for listening to the show. If you'd like to get any news of the podcast, you can head over to www.gatewaytoanime.com. And if you want to find us on any social media platform, you can just search gateway to anime and you will find us. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime, the final episode of the season. We have a very special guest for the first time in person, Ross Chisari. Ross, welcome, my friend. Hello, thank you for having me, and what a grand finale it's going to be. <laughs> so save the best till last, no question. Charlie, what's up? Hey, Sorry John? about every other guest that came on. <laughs> we just like, threw under the bus. No, no, no. We love all of you. We it's like, can you. you do it until Ross is available? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Placeholders. <laughs> Joking. We love you all very much. Charlie, how you going? Hey, yeah, good. Uh, excited to talk about this one this week. It's good to have Ross here. This week's episode is Magical Girl Anime. There's a rich history of this in Japan, which I'll breeze through as quickly as I can without getting too bogged down, but it's a huge genre and one which was very much a gateway into this world. I mean, Sailor Moon, obviously, it's no spoiler here, very obviously one of the most preeminent markers of the genre and got many, many people into anime. And, you know, Cheese TV, early days for us Australian people in the early mornings, it's a huge thing. So I'll just talk a little bit about the history and then we'll talk about some of the bigger Magical Girl shows and where, what it's all about. So, Maho Shoujo, what Magical Girl is in Japanese. I've probably mispronounced that. I apologize to anyone who speaks the language. It's a subgenre of anime and manga featuring girls who use magic. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but Genius. typically typically pitched to a shoujo audience, which is young girls. The genre has exploded to include more male audiences and even genre subversions like the show that I'll talk about. The characters are typically pure-hearted with a lot of their powers being drawn from said purity and sweetness. So that's a big part of this genre. Typically, the characters will attend high school alongside their magical girl activities like saving the world. So, you know, Buffy is kind of a magical girl Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Mm. No question. So typical features of a magical girl show are the main character is usually pure and kind-hearted. There will be magical costume changes. Don't you worry about that. Uh, uh, will they ever? <laughs> yeah. And they are opulent. The villains are usually very obviously evil. There's not a huge amount of nuance in this genre. There will be cute talking animal creatures as their mascots or familiars. And most characters are girls and women. A boy may be a love interest or friend, but he probably won't gain powers of his own. The girls call out their attacks out loud, you know, like most shonen shows as well. This real anime thing, irrespective of the genre, if they're battle shows. And life lessons are learned at the end of each episode or story arc, usually about themes relevant to young girls' lives. The nakama, as in the closer than family, is very strong in this genre. And the girls often obtain their powers from some kind of magical object. So, let's get a little historical. The first recorded empress of Japan was called Himiko, dating back to the 3rd century. She ruled over the territory known as Yamatai, later known as Yamato. She was, it's disputed, but for, for, for argument's sake, let's just keep it simple. She was the first ruler of Japan as recognized by Chinese historians. So because she sent lavish gifts to the emperor of China at the time, Cao Wei, and the Wei dynasty. Early Japanese histories do not mention her. But historians associate her with legendary figures such as Empress Consort Jingu, who was regent in roughly the same era as Himiko in 2000 to 269 AD. She was an elderly woman when she came to power and was a supposed shaman. She was reported to have had a large entourage of young girls around the age of 13 who all practiced shamanism, very similar to rituals practiced by Shinto shrine maidens today. Himiko was said to have enticed people to follow her by bewitching them. The effect of this was so powerful that when she died, the region wouldn't accept her brother as her successor, but instead a female was chosen. And this is some of the earliest historical instances of mysticism and spiritualism among women in Japanese culture. She sounds cool. Right on, yeah? 
That's very 2020 vibes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> totally. Same babe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, you're not going to be my successor. <laughs> so Sally the Witch in 1966 to 67 is credited as the first Magical Girl series and possibly also the first Shoujo series. So the show is about a good girl witch from a magic kingdom who wants to visit Earth to make friends. The art style was heavily influenced by Osama Tezuka's Astro Boy, as everything was, and from Bewitched in terms of the plot. So Bewitched, if you don't know, from 64 to 72, a beautiful witch named Samantha meets and marries a mortal man named Darren Steffens. While Samantha complies with Darren's wish that she become a normal housewife, her magical family disapprove of the mixed marriage and frequently interfere in the couple's lives. Oh, I Darren, mean, what a- yeah, fair enough. If I was like her magical family, I'd be like, why Darren? Just, what are you doing, babe? Darren, I still can't get past Darren Steffens. <laughs> yes. If there's a Darren out there, change your name. <laughs> Take it from me. Change your name now. Pause, change your name, come back. We'll be here. We'll wait for you. We'll wait, we'll wait for you. The camera's going to run out. We'll wait for you. We'll wait, mate. <laughs> so in 1962, Himetsu no Akko-chan, introduced the convention that the magical girl gets her powers from a special object and is credited as the first of the genre. Princess Knight was actually created by Osamu Tezuka, the creator of Astro Boy, and is one of the earliest incarnations of the magical girl genre. It ran from 54 to 68 as a manga publication and ran as one of the first anime produced in color from 67 to 68. It shared a similar aesthetic to Astro Boy and it had a profound effect on the female creators who would eventually come to revolutionize the shoujo genre. Let's talk about Princess Knight. The story follows Princess Sapphire, who is born with two hearts, one of a boy and one of a girl. And she must save her kingdom from falling into the clutches of her evil uncle. Along with her pint-sized sidekick, Choppy, who's a young angel in training out to earn his wings, they embark on numerous fairy tale adventures like tangles with ice witches and political disputes with anti-royal revolutionaries. Sapphire also dons a Zorro-style mask at night and fights crime as the Phantom Knight, as well as trying to foil her uncle's evil schemes to take over the kingdom. You can see where every other show has kind of been like, yoink, you know? Like, 100%. <laughs> very tuxedo mask. Uh, very tuxedo mask. 100%. Oh, what a shame. I thought it was an original yeah. idea. It's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Even as far back as this, like a lot of, and we'll talk about it with a lot of the shows actually, like the a lot of the gender fluidity that's in magical girl anime. Like mm. that's like, you know, born with a boy heart, girl heart. There's a lot in the one I'm talking about as well. It's kind of a gender. It's interesting because it's, 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 it's also so beautiful that like, Back in, what did you say, 68? 67, 68, 68, like it was written and designed with the intention of opening people's eyes back then. And people are still struggling with that in 2022. Like it's so beautiful that anime can, I like planting these seeds. I don't think like obliviously either. They're like, we're going to put this here to try and open up people's eyes through the platform of like Japanese animation. I think it's so smart and beautiful. And it's so cool. And also because yeah. it's a demographic, a lot of it can be watched yes. by children as well. So yeah. it's like a good way to kind of like, uh, yeah. Introduce it yeah. like softly. Totally. Yeah. It's great. It's so, so cool. So magical girls spend a significant amount of their time trying to keep their powers and normal identities a secret. Many of the stories center around the protagonists trying to keep their normal lives and their supernatural lives separate, like Buffy, Charmed, Bewitched, obviously. You know, you can see it everywhere, but it was mostly... I mean, Bewitched was, was kind of the first, but it's all over this, this genre here. Sailor Moon was the first to bring the magical girl genre into Western consciousness and established a good versus evil narrative. The original term Maho Shoujo, a magical girl in Japan, referred to primarily to girls who did not transform themselves and who used magic for acts of mercy and succor rather than for heroism against evil. Many shows like Himetsu no Akko-chan, which was the one I mentioned earlier, was kind of just girls being magical to have some fun on the side as opposed to like committing, you know, fighting evil and saving the world and whatnot. Like the craft. <laughs> like the craft. 100%. Just have a bit of fun with some magic. And then Fugishi na Merimo had their characters receiving power to transform themselves into whatever they wished and not for the sake of fighting evil. Same sort of thing. And that was called The Marvelous Melmo. That was also by Osamu Tezuka. So that's a brief history of where it all came from in Japan. And then from there, there have been so many ever since. But when we're talking about gateways into the genre, and not just magical girl genre, but anime itself, we have to mention the one that broke in the West, and that is, of course, Sailor Moon. Ah, she's the one, <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Maho Shoujo is just like, I think it's quite telling that the magical girl genre growing up, like I'm born in 92, and so obviously 98 is when it really like hit the screens and we were all exposed to it. 
Magical Girl was just the one that, again, as you mentioned before, is male, male and female viewers could get into it because yes, it was about a girl with magical powers, but there was always a male figure who stood in to save the day or who came, who was introduced to challenge ideas or to fuck shit up. Like it was really, really interesting and everyone could watch and get involved. But Usagi-chan is just, was so good um, because she's just a fucking mess. (laughs) I I think it's quite good because you don't want the protagonist of the anime to be like, Always well kept and together and yes. whatever. Like she was just a mess from opening title. She, I think the opening sequence is she falls out of bed and she's fucking running late for school and she's like, "Oh, my life sucks. I'm such a mess." Her mom, uh, her mum and dad are like yelling at her, being like, "Get your shit together. Why are you always late? You're such a fucking problem child." <laughs> running, running, running. Trips on the way to school and then the male lead love interest picks her up and is like, "Oh, you fell over." She's like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so clumsy." And then he calls her meatball head and then the love story blows up from there. <laughs> Sailor Moon is just, as you mentioned, one of those early animes on Cheese TV we got to watch. Unless you're from Mildura, then Cheese TV didn't exist and I didn't really get to see Sailor Moon until it was available on DVD from Video Easy. Oh. Um, shout out to Video Easy, which no longer exists in Mildura. It's now a fruit market, so whatever. Oh. <clears throat> That's my PTSD. Sorry. <laughs> um, but Sailor Moon. So there's just so much to talk about. Mm. So originally they never used to transform. And then once, and I think, I, I personally think if they didn't transform, I'd be like, there's a fine line between like when you watch an anime or a movie or a TV show where they don't transform, you're like, oh, maybe I have magical powers. Like Matilda, you're like, oh, maybe I could have magical powers. <laughs> but once they transform, you just get so lost in this world where you're like, this is so out of world and non-realistic and you're just so invested in wanting to do that. I want to raise my, I used to raise my hand and fucking moon prism power makeup and see if my nail polish would like turn onto my hands and like, and then oh, the best thing about Sailor Moon wasn't even the plot or the characters. It was the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when she transforms and she's like, <laughs> oh, it's just like, I want that to be like a ringtone or a message tone. Be like, oh, Charlie messaged me. Like, um, it's just so good. And I think for me, like the plot was great. And as you mentioned, I think it started with uh, Luna her trusty female uh, animal sidekick is just like, hey, I need you for a minute. And she's like, whoa, a cat's talking to me. And she's like, no, 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 seriously, the word's about to end. Help me out. Here's a little, I think it's a pendant to start with. As it goes along, it becomes a pen, it becomes a hair clip, it becomes whatever. And then she takes this pendant and she learns how to transform. And she's like, oh, I don't really know how to fight evildoers. And then along the way, she meets Sailor Mercury, she meets Sailor Mars, Jupiter, and then Venus. And so... Mercury's great because she is super intelligent and her element is water. We love, we love a brainy um, arts uh, mind over matter woman. Mm-hmm. Then we have Mars, who is full brawn. She works at a temple on her grandfather and her element is fire and she will just like cut a bitch, which we love. <laughs> and then we have Jupiter, who is this awesome, tall, Amazonian element. Elemental was lightning. And was just like this weird, like, if it was in 2022, you'd be fully be a lesbian. But because we're in 1998, it's a bit touch and go. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're like, great. She's got her four, uh, her three friends, a cute team of four. And then it progresses. And then, like, they're in a bind one day both because some, like, giant octopus has tied them up or something. They're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then, like, this white cat, Artemis, appears. And you're like, that looks like Luna. What's going on here? And then... Some other superhero bitch with blonde, beautiful hair rocks up who looks exactly, if not better, than Sailor Moon. She looked pretty good. And you're like, hold up. Are you coming to steal, like, Usagi's fucking thunder here? What's going on? And she saves her and she's like, yeah, I'm Sailor Venus. You're welcome. And she's like, oh, I want to be like, everyone's like, and she's actually a pop star as well. So if you if you watched it, you're like, fuck all those previous Sailor Moon bitches. You want to be Venus because she's a pop star. She's got a hidden identity. She's got a white cat over a black cat. It's really cute. He's also a guy. He's really smart. She's got a following. She's great at video games. She's actually got an arcade game. It's called like Sailor Venus Saves the World, which all the girls play at the arcade. It's hilarious. And I was like, you can't bring another soldier into the fucking mix that's better than Sailor Moon. And then they have this weird thing. They're like, we're both blonde. We're both pretty. I should be the leader. No, you should be the leader. And then she's like, oh, my God, just get over it. <laughs> and anyway, Venus, like, lets her ego go and goes, actually, Usagi-chan is the, is the moon crystal princess. No spoilers. So we have to, like, bow down to her. Cool. We love it. And then I remember, like, watching and then it just stopped. 
sometimes animes just reach, like, at, the, at the time I bought all the DVDs, there was no more DVDs to buy. And I was like, whatever happened to Sailor Moon? Mm. And then um, lots of spinoffs. And recently I watched a couple, there was a Netflix release last year of a couple movies. And I also watched the Sailor Moon musical at the cinema a couple of years ago, Oi. which is a hot damn mess. <laughs> but support the arts. Um <laughs> I talk like I'm not in a musical. I'm currently in the music at the moment. Come see a chorus line at the Opera House. We're on for two more weeks. <laughs> um, hit me up for a discount code. Um, <laughs> including you, Caroline. How are you? Shout out. <laughs> Went to call you Catherine, but it's not your name. Your name is Caroline. <laughs> I checked twice. Um, anyway, and then recently in the movie, the double release, there was like Sailor Neptune. I was like, pardon? Sailor... <laughs> Uranus, right? P.S. Quick tangent. Sailor Neptunians and Uranus are together. They are, yeah. Oh. Together. They edited it for Chase TV to make it seem like they were cousins in uh-huh. close. They, like, tried to cover Jeez, it, but right. actually they are oh. a, a relationship. That's, like, canon. That's in the manga. It's oh, wow. iconic. Mm-hmm. Iconic. And Uranus is this tall, short haired, like, if super fit, Alan DeGeneres, like, looking woman. And... Neptune has like beautiful, is actually coming from Mercury's gig because she also is ruled by water. So it's a bit like, oh, you can pick another element. Um, and then you've got Pluto who rules time and she's like, <laughs> this poor bitch. All the other Sailor um, heroes are like fighting the world and like kikiing and going to coffee shops and having all this cute, kawaii, cute stuff, right? And get to hang out and be normal teenagers. And Pluto is literally <laughs> in like some other dimension, just like, Standing with her staff, being like <laughs> looking after time and space, and she's like, "Fuck, does anyone like hang out with me?" <laughs> and you just like cutaways to her, and she's just like, "I wish it would happen." Like, fuck. and so poor Pluto. And then you've got the biggest twist was you've got Saturn, and Saturn is like this op purple-haired short bitch who has like incredible strength and can basically rule the world and has, and like no spoilers, but turns a bit evil cause she's so overpowered and it's oh. really like intense. I remember watching being like, I no longer want to be anyone else, but her. Cause she's like this twisted dark. Is she good? Is she bad? And it's just incredible. Charlie, <laughs> please. If you'd like to carry on about moon, any other. Oh, I just think it's, um, it's so interesting hearing about it all because I watched it when I was a kid. So it was like one of the first animes I ever saw. And I think when I was younger, I had this weird thing where I was like desperate to be like a tomboy kind of vibe. So I rejected Sailor Moon at first and I was like, I like Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. And now it's just funny looking back through like, you know, the I'm not like other girls uh, fucking facade is gone now because fuck that shit. (laughs) Sailor Moon is awesome. And like everything about the magical girl genre is one of my favourite genres in anime entirely because there's so many really cool ones. And also a lot of it is actually, yeah, super queer, which is amazing. Really ahead of its time. Really entertaining. Tuxedo Mask is super hot. Usagi-chan is so, like, she is such a mess. I remember when I was younger, I used to use her because she like cries all the time, but she's actually fucking funny as well. And I'm like pretty realistic. Like I wouldn't know what to do if I was 14 and suddenly like, I agree. It's so nice that she's like, hold up. You want me to, okay, a talking cat wants me to save the world. Like I can't even get out of bed in the morning. Like you got the wrong person. She's like, no, 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 no. And like the whole, again, spoiler, the whole like plot of it is Usagi is actually the silver moon crystal princess's ancestor slash it is also her in another time zone. And it's a bit like you've got to watch it. A couple of times I actually understand it. But, and then like, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Um, Little pink haired one. I'll look it up. Anyway. And she rocks up and you're like, it's this pint sized pink haired Sailor Moon lookalike. And everyone's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm basically your daughter. And everyone's like, pardon? (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, it's like tuxedo mask and Sailor Moon in another lifetime had this little princess who came back to save the world. There's a lot going on. And then in the, the movie, the, two-part movie last year on Netflix, it, they explore that even further. And so I think it keep, it's still going, but it's just it's just this amuse, amusing and beautiful anime that opened up everyone's eyes, male and female, to queerness and to being open to women being in power and taking control of their own lives and not needing a man to pick them up when they fall over or to save the day. Like Tuxedo Mask was there because he was hot and – he saved the day now and then, but he actually didn't save the day by actually saving Sailor Moon. He was like, Sailor Moon, open your eyes. You have the power to save yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everyone went, 
genius. <laughs> yeah. Like women have the power to, and it's like Sailor Moon didn't have to ask permission. Like I think originally Usagi was like, I don't know if I can, am I allowed to do this? And Tuxedo was like, don't ask permission, just do it. Mm. You have the potential, you have the powers, fucking save that woman who's burning in the car or whatever. Like yeah. whatever. So good. Dark. But, you know, yeah, it was really, really cool. I think it's funny because I, when I think about it, like it is, obviously we talk about it as in like good versus evil, quite simplistic storyline, but it's really not. It's a huge world build oh, yeah. with like, you know, if someone literally controls space and time. Yeah. Like it's like the Sailor Scouts have so much like, so they're also different. There's like really quite well fleshed out, but kind of there's like so much going on. And I think that people would dismiss it. I think particularly back in the 90s, it's like, oh, that's that little girl's show. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, it is, but that's nothing wrong with that. But it's like awesome because I would recommend it as a world build for sure. Like it's a good show. It holds mm-hmm. up. Um, also just the, I mean, the theme song is a banger. And also like the style of it, it still is so iconic. And so like so many people still cosplay as the oh, Sailor Scouts. Yeah. So many like pop stars have taken or like, you know, even the West, like that style, that styling of the Sailor, like yep. costumes, everything has been, it's it's hugely influential. And it's so. also really influenced the drag scene as well. Mm-hmm. Like um, a couple of famous queer drag artists, Kim Chi, mm-hmm. Soju, I think Kamora Black, and I think... Ah, uh, she's hopeless. What's her name? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Which I won't season? mention your name. <laughs> Which season? Ten? Ten. RuPaul's, yeah? Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, what's her name? they've made, about? like, a living. I've been going on tour and, like, Kim Chi, I remember, has this amazing, she was on tour with Work the World and her shtick, her whole performance, her whole act was she came out as Usagi in the uniform and everyone was going, fuck, there's going to be a quick change and she's going to turn into the Crystal Moon Princess. And she did. Wow. And it's just like, it's so cool that in 2020 or the 2000s we're fucking going, I fucking remember that from 1998. Look at this queer artist in 2022 still making it relevant Mm. or reinterpreting um, the art of anime and bringing it to real life. And it's just so, it's so cool and it's so amazing. And the reason Sailor Moon has had that impact is because it's such a well thought out, designed and presented piece of anime, I think. Mm. Totally. I also think there's actually nothing more iconic than a, the Sailor Moon transformation. Oh. Mm-hmm. I saw a great sketch that someone did where they're trying to fight and they just like realistically do like how long it would take and turn, everyone's just standing there waiting and it's like, oh, like just like, takes That's so long so and everyone's like. Funny. Yeah, uh, we've already, we actually just, yeah, we've actually just done oh, it. Everyone's we're gone. Dead. Yeah, we're actually just died. To fucking like, transform. They're like, <laughs> Sorry. But it's also one, I'll be fair, it's also one of the transformative processes I watch. Sometimes I'm like, skip, okay, battle. Mm. Skip, but I'm like, oh my God, they're transforming again. Guys, watch. Like, it's so good. <laughs> Repeat. Like- it's so, so, so good. Although on the remake, I will, calling you out, they changed Jupiter's element from lightning to, I think they changed it to wind. And I was like, I'm not here for that. It was all like all like earth or grass. And I was like, don't change. They, they remade it for, oh, the remake was Sailor Moon, Moon Crystal. I think that mm. was the latest one on Crunchyroll. And they changed Jupiter to a different element. And I was like, why did you do that? And I love watching anime in Japanese now that I'm such an adult. But, and worldly. Um, <laughs> I've learned Japanese, by the way. I can read this hiragana and fucking katakana. I will not read it live in case I make a mistake, though. <laughs> Is it correct? Like... <laughs> Yes. Yay. <laughs> awesome. We did it. I think. Um, anyway, so I love watching in Japanese now, but one thing that I like, and same with the anime we're about to talk about next, is I am like nostalgically connected to the English voiceover artists mm. from the time. A hundred percent. I've watched the remake of Sailor Moon and it, it is a different voice actor and I refuse to watch it. Right. I can't watch it. I'm like, what have you done? This isn't Usagi Chan's voice from 1998. Mm. No, no. And her no, voice no, no, no. is so um, iconic. iconic. It's that like really high, shrill. like shrill, it's, like pretty annoying, but like it is just her. It's Usagi Chan, yeah. And it's how you identify and you remember that. And and so now when I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God. It's like they've recast a famous fucking play or something. You're like, oh, don't mind. Yeah, you shouldn't have made it. I've always said that I will prefer to watch um, in Japanese, no matter mm. what I'm watching. But I really do think it's what you watch first. Yes, is true. what you're attached That's to. True. It's true. And I have to admit, there's some I'm, I, I still watch the yeah. dub. You know, you know the Bleach dub? Not bad. Not bad yeah. at all. Oh no, some dubs I'm here for. Mm. Some dubs no. Yep. Oh, some dubs absolutely not. And that is Sailor Moon, the iconic 
Sailor Moon. And Thank you so much. The for Mangaka of Sailor Moon is married. The Mangaka of Hunter Hunter. Yes, which indeed. is the iconic Mangaka couple. Like the, the power you know, couple. She's That's like it. she's a like Sailor Moon changed everything. Yeah, like it's, yeah, a, it, it's, it's hard to change the game. Yeah, it really is hard to, to put into words just how iconic and influential this piece of art is and was, and will continue to be. So, Charlie, I guess why don't you talk to us about another iconic Magical Girl show in a similar time period. Why don't you talk to us about Card Captor Sakura? Oh, sorry. Another <laughs> another cheese TV classic. Mainstay. Oh. Yes. I remember Shit. when I first saw this, it had such profound effect to me that I like started dreaming about the characters and the aesthetic and everything about it. Card Captor Sakura is about an elementary. She's young. She's young. She's younger than Isagi, yeah? Like yes. in terms of oh, yeah, yeah. these two yeah. are comparable in the way they're just not iconic, like 90s magical girl thing. So they're quite different. Basically it's about an elementary school girl who accidentally releases a set of magical cards and then she has to capture them back. Hence the name, Card Captor. She has to get them all back and just trap the cards. And she does this at night where she transforms into her magical girl self. And what's fun about this is her friend actually makes her the outfits, which is the best thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not like in Sailor Moon, it's like she's got got like a you know, a thing that she, she has like, a costume assistant following her around constantly. Yeah, it's, it's actually <laughs> iconic, and she was an amazing seamstress. It's like oh. Prodigy, who's a who's, who's an elementary like school. Yeah, I was just like, babe, kill him. That's a true rich. hero. She's actually rich. Yeah, that yeah. does help. Does that help. does help. But that's the Must general. Nice. That's the general premise, and um, I got to talk about the group that actually the Mangaka group who created uh, Car Captor Sakura. They're called Clamp. They are a group of I think at the time there are eleven of them, all female Mangakas, who started by actually writing doujinshi, do, I can't say doujinshi, which is now associated with porn. When people read that, they think it's like fan fan art porn, but actually it just means that people have self-published fan work. So mm. they would draw fandom like mangas uh, as a group and they started doing that and then they started creating their own stuff. So the Clamp universe is actually a few, it's like XXXholic, uh, Subasa, um, there's a bunch. They actually were the character designers for Code Geass. They were. So um, they didn't have anything to the story, but their character designs are very, very them. Like you're like, this is a clamp oh, design. Yeah. So card captors, you know, big eyes, long, like like long legs, like kind of huge foreheads. Uh-huh. Like, it's like the most anime looking kind of thing you can imagine and very distinctive. And what's interesting is that the clamp universe, it all actually happens. It's like the MCU before that happened, you know, like Oy. it's actually, it's like a clamp universe. So they oh. all exist in the same universe, hey. but oh. they rarely interact. Not Kogias, that doesn't exist in the <laughs> The same universe, that would be weird. But, um, yeah, so that group is like, I, I always thought Clamp was so cool. When I found out about them when I was in high school, I was doing so much reading. And, like, the reason that all of Card Captors has a lot of, like, queerness about it is because that the way that they started their fandom is they were drawing, like, yaoi fan art of mangas. So that's right. how it started. They were just all yaoi fangirls. So drawing a lot of boy love stuff. And so that's why that kind of is now in their, in their stories as well. Which right. is really there's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely know. not. It's amazing. And the thing is, that it's like they... Yeah, so they've created this like incredibly progressive for the time and now even, you know, for for a a TV show that's like for for kids, it's kind of thing that like, I feel like TV shows now in the West, uh, like kids shows are now catching up finally, but this has been happening in Japan since the late That's the thing. I feel like everything in the West is like, let's introduce this. And like Japan has been doing this for like decades now, like Mm -hmm. catch up. uh, (laughs) Seriously. Don't claim it as like, look how progressive we are. No, what? And like they just did it and didn't make it like, it was just like, oh, this is a normalized thing. There you go. Instead of being like introducing Mm -hmm. like the one, like you're like. Mm -hmm. Our first queer Disney princess. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Pardon? (laughs) (laughs) Did you not see Sailor Jupiter in that fucking skimpy skirt? (laughs) 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 Anyway, Sakura is a great character. She's a bit more put together than Asagi is. Yes. I feel like she's a bit more kind of a, a reserved sort of character, which mm. is which is fine as well. Um, and her friend is, they're definitely in love with each other, right? I think Madison is more in love with Sakura yeah. than, um, I think it's Tomoyo in the anime, Madison and Sakura. Does Sakura, I think it's still Sakura in the English Yeah, it is. As well. yeah. yeah, Madison's more in love with Sakura, but I actually think it's more like less unrequited and more just like I absolutely love the person you're becoming from mm. medicine. Like, and so I really just want to keep encouraging you to unlock your potential and grow and see your self-worth. Like medicine is just like, Sakura's like, I don't know if I can do it, medicine. She's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's so beautiful to watch. And then she's like, in 10 years, we'll fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Cause they are 10. They're 10. They're 10. Yeah. They're 10. Yeah. <laughs> 
but Madison slash um, Tomoya. I think it's Tomoya. Yeah, Tomoya. Um, I think really the 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 you know the MVP of the series making those outfits, designing them because man, man, it's so funny. Okay. Kai kept secure. Again, we were talking before about how you really are connected to, I think it's what you said before, Sam, it's what you watched first mm, in terms of, mm. did you watch it dubbed? Did you watch it original? And I watched Kai kept as dubbed because obviously Australia in 1991, nine, eight. And Sakura's voice actor was so potent and ballsy and I loved it. And then like now I, even in watching it in Japanese, I go, I wish it was in English. It's so mm. funny. But again, I think, I think that's because I was exposed to it in English first. But it's always episode one of these animes that I go, fuck, I remember that. Wow, and yeah. again, as you mentioned before, Charlie, how she's like down in her dad's library one day and she's like, oh, I need a book for school. What's this book? Yeah. Like cards, magical explosion. And then Kiro appears and she's like, a talking, flying dog fox with wings. What's happening? And Kiro's, <laughs> Kiro's like, don't talk to me like that. I'm like a magical beast. And she's like, are you like a little stuffed plush? Um, not to give anything away, watch it. It's really good. But again, going to back to Madison, I think it's so funny. Cause like, she'd be like, um, fuck Madison after school today at 4 PM, I've got to go and capture the card of fire. It's burning down people's houses. Fuck. I better go there. And she's like, I'll meet you in half an hour. And then like the van pulls up and she's like, Madison literally has so much money. Her <laughs> mom is rich and her, her mom to Sakura is like, come over whenever you want to like, and then Sakura rocks up to this like. 14 story mansion and like butlers everywhere. This is where Madison gets her money to make costumes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's like, I'll meet you in half an hour. And she's like, okay, no worries, Madison. Sakura rocks up. She's like, Madison. And Madison rocks up in a van with an entourage of body cards. And she's like, which outfit do you want to wear? Opens the van and it's like an array, which she's made in half an hour. Prodigy, right? <laughs> and she's like, this one, this one, this one, this one. And then the whole thing with Madison is she wants to record all of Sakura's successes, again, is she in love with her? Is it because she's proud of her? And it's just like so beautiful to watch this best friend slash love interest just be like, I am so supportive of you and everything you're doing. I want to capture everything on film so you never forget how special and important you are. Wow, yeah. And Sakura's, as you mentioned, is so ballsy from the get-go. She's not like Usagi Chan where she's like, I'm hopeless and hot though. Usagi had a great body. We didn't talk about that before. Oh, Usagi's so hot. She's so hot. hot. They're all hot. She's so hot. All of them are hot. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Sakura's cute because she's 10. She's yeah. not hot. Um, Let me make that clear. We made that clear. As a gay man, she's cute. Um, but, yeah, I loved Sakura because she's ballsy and she goes in and she also loses and she's like, fuck, I failed. I have to come back again tomorrow and try again. That's the best thing about card cards is Sakura didn't always win. Right. She failed attempts two, three times before she got it right before she actually captured the card. And again, similar to the transformation of Sailor Moon, Sakura didn't really have a transformation in terms of costume. Her transformation segment was about unlocking, I think it's called the cloud scepter, cloud scepter, card scepter. She wore like a little necklace around her neck Mm. and she held it in front of her and said, and my favorite part of the English voiceover was she's used to just yell, release. And it was like, and it was amazing. So that, again, is a wonderful message tone. If you need a new message tone, secure just yelling release. Which <laughs> <laughs> can mean a lot of things in 10 years' time. <laughs> Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> Caroline. Caroline, fuck. <laughs> oh, I love you. I'm sorry. I'll tattoo it on my arm next time. <laughs> it's drunk. I'm drunk. These, <laughs> these incorrectly spelled anime marks are filled with some substance. Um, so... Anyway, Cupcatchers is amazing. As we're talking about the Magical Girl animes don't have a lot of male identifying characters in them, except she has this weird love interest called Lee, a Shinran Lee, but he goes by Lee. And he's from some dynasty family heritage lineage thing where he's sort of brought up as like a ninja. And he almost, it's quite funny because he doesn't actually save the day he almost becomes her sidekick, mm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. opposed to saving her, he helps her. Mm. So he'll be like, do you need my help today battling this beast? And she's like, I got it. He'll be like, okay. And then she will be like, yeah, I'd like your help today. And he'll be like, okay, I'm ready. Mm. So it's kind of nice. And then there's a cute love interest and he's always like got red cheeks whenever they touch hands. And you're always like, kiss, <laughs> fucking kiss. <laughs> they never do because they're 10. Oh. <laughs> um, and he's great. And actually, okay, this is getting like really deep really quick. But I remember, right, growing up, 
Fuck, 98. So what am I? No. I probably watched this in like 92. Oh, yeah, maybe like 99, 2000. So I'm about eight, nine. And I remember being in Target, Mildura, <clears throat> and I was obsessed with card cabs at the time. I had my own cloud deck of the cloud cards. And I got that because at the time, little Ross was like, this is quite unisex. So I can get away with purchasing this sort of memorabilia, right? Just a box and I've got still got it at home and you unlock the padlock and you open it and it's got all the original card designs wow. and I will hold it forever. It's one of my most treasured, valuable little pieces of memorabilia. And I remember being in Target one day down the back, um, like next to the drug hoarding section and it was like in the toys. And I went to like the doll area and I was just looking around, just looking, because as a guy I couldn't buy a doll. I remember seeing Lee, Shinran Lee as a little... It wasn't an action figure. It was a doll. And I remember being like, holy fuck, I can buy this doll because it's a guy. Like, I can get away with this, I think. And I remember I picked it up. I remember so clearly, this is like full PTSD trigger. I remember I picked it up and my mum was looking at something else, like linen just next door. And some older woman came over to me and said, excuse me, to my mum. And she said, I think your son's interested in that doll. And then she laughed and she walked away and I was so like, like not triggered. I was just like, holy fuck, this unknown woman just called me out, slightly outed me. I was too young to be like outed properly. Obviously I had no idea what, no concept of sexuality. And then at that point of time, I was like, I put it back and I was like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, I I don't think I'm allowed to have Mm. that. And then I remember I convinced my mum. I was like, I just wanted it so bad. I think I left it for a couple of days. And then I think we came back to Target again. Shout out to Target. Um, the only, like, one of three retail stores in Mildura at the time. And <laughs> was it thousands. Target Country? It wasn't even Target Country. It was just, like, Target. And I think, like, the T fell off. So it was, like, Targ. <laughs> um, I remember I came back a couple of days later, long story short, and I picked it up and I was like, can I, Mum, I want to buy this because it's from one of my favourite cartoons and she knew I watched it every morning and she was like, yeah, sure. And she didn't think twice about it. Less about my mum, not judging me, but more about just in my mum's eyes. It was like, yeah, whatever, it's just a toy. But to that other woman, she was literally like, oh, my God, like your son is interested in that doll. And I was like, you fucking hoe. Like mm-hmm. do not. Mm-hmm. Obviously we've come so far, but I literally still have that Lee, Shinran Lee doll in my cupboard back home next to the cloud card book deck of cards. And like, every time I look at it, I'm like, holy fuck. That was the first time that I was not like bullied in a sense, but I had experienced some sort of conflict in terms of someone else judging my decisions or actions in public. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, first of all, it's a doll. Mm. And back in the day, I would have been able to get away with it if it was an action figure. Mm-hmm. But because it was a doll, the makeup with the plastic, it would look like a Barbie doll, like the actual right. f- um, construction of the figurine. Anyway, long story short, this isn't my PTSD section. That's next week. <laughs> um, and that's going to be like three hours long. And yeah, so that's why I'm really quite connected to Car Captors because I was like, fuck, I was watching it at a really important, pivotal part of my upbringing and that Shinran Lee doll stands for so much and he was so well dressed and he had a cute outfit and a cute little matching hat and he had a sword and he was still quite masculine and I was like magic is masculine and he's also there fighting alongside the superhero girl magical girl which I love and it was just like this cool world I used to get lost in and then I remember it just stopped and I was like is season two happening and then season two just never happened because they were like and are enough people watching this I don't know it's really interesting to hear this because, again, and also what you mentioned before about the drag queens doing the, the Sailor Moon I mean, kind of cosplay, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. But, like, in the early 90s, to, we didn't get much of this in the West, you know, like, as in there weren't many Western shows being that forward thinking. And the fact that, like, people are in the early 2020s throwing back to something which was clearly a foundational piece of media for them to consume go, oh, this is okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like probably didn't see it much anywhere else, right? And like that's so, that story is, is fascinating. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's terrible. But that's so fascinating and so interesting that these shows could be that to people and help on the journey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's fascinating to me. There, actually, there's two characters in Card Captain. You're going to have to help me out in this one because I've forgotten their names. But like the school, the like Prince League character at school that all the girls have a crush yeah, on yeah. ends up in a 
gay relationship with another guy. Like right. actually, and that's canon as well. Yep. So wow. in all of these, it's like they just literally, and it was just like not really ever paraded. It just kind of happened and no one, no, there was no like big episode about it. It was just like now these two are together. Mm. Yep. And it's like it's not a just thing. another day. Another day, not this happened. So, and one of the characters in particular, and this is interesting because bisexual men are really rarely represented in a lot of media. like Even today. And this character was seen earlier with feelings for a female so and then later was with a dude and it was like no one, it's just kind of, yeah. And I think that that is, even now, yeah, particularly bisexual men are hardly represented mm. on screen, yeah, particularly in a kid's TV yeah. series, oh, the 90s. Yeah. And it's just fucking awesome. They do it without, like it's just, it's so ingrained in this genre. And like I've talked about Revolutionary Girl Utena, which is iconic. And like that is a bit different because it's kind of a arty, sort of similar to what you're going to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a deconstruction of the genre. And she obviously smashes gender norms because she, when she has her transformation into Magical Girl, she actually ends up wearing like with a big sword and she's wearing like a masculine yeah. get up mm-hmm. and she duels with the rest of the men and she's kind of like, so it's there's a lot of variations on it, but Sailor Moon and Card Capture are like very much a classic classic just um magical girl that genre did so much for gender representation for queerness yeah. for everything and i think in the west we didn't have that and i think it's not. actually it's quite remarkable really such extraordinary really like yeah. how, how far reaching this genre is and was you know and like, continues to be continues to like be i day. love switching on crunchyroll rating waiting for new aot New Kinsono Yaiba waiting for something else to be Digimon Ghost game. I'm like, oh, nothing's available. And then it's like, for you, Magical Girl genre. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so many I could start and watch. Like, it's just, <laughs> sky's the limit. It's amazing. It is. It's, yeah. And it's, it's always going to be there. It's like, a sh- it's like, because yes. it is like Shonen. It is like Shonen, really, if you think about it. It's a hero story with just like, and they, figured out the a, they figured out a formula that works. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Why fix what ain't broke? Like they're just going to continue pushing it because it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And now with animation getting better and better. Could you imagine like a Demon Slayer level animated Magical Girl show? Like oh, imagine yes. the transformation. Oh, my God. I mean, he basically does have a transformation. And he power up. Like it's funny, like Goku's power up. He's Sailor Moon's yeah. costume transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Just oh, a lot man. more like sexual grunting. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which everyone is fine with. Yes. Yeah. Goku's not 10. <laughs> but Gohan <laughs> is. I can't just like. Yeah, but Gohan's oh. grown up now. Yes. You know? no, no, Future no. Trunks. No, 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 no. no. Okay. It wasn't the Goku clan. It was fucking Trunks, man. Far oh, up. Geez. He had like the sexy like. Trunks is the hottest person ever. Future sexy Trunks. like what's the colour? Um, Purple. That was like more like a. Lilac-y. Lilac. Yeah. Like the, like the sexy lilac like, asymmetrical yeah. bowl cut. And he's like, you know what? And I was like. <laughs> yeah, Trunks is. um. <laughs> Trunks is hot. Yeah, he's hot. Okay. Future Trunks. Yes. Yeah. Future Trunks. Yes. Yes. Similarly to, do you guys ever play Sonic? Yeah. yeah. Knuckles is hot as hell. Knuckles. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can we say that? Yeah, <laughs> I can say <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, he's not ten. He's just, uh, <laughs> just an animal. He's an animal. Yeah. Adam, no, 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 no crossing a line here. So. <laughs> Anthropomorphic, I guess. But yeah. Uh, you know my crush Gary, on, like you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some knuckles porn out there. There <laughs> definitely would be. I knuckles, would lie. tails has two tails for a reason. Oh my you know god! What I mean? Like, <laughs> no one wants that. Tails. Yeah. <sighs> tails is great. Tails is cool. I like the voiceover character of nails. Uh, nails. No. Nah. <laughs> 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 slip. Um, yeah, I remember that. It was good. It was great. Good there's shit. actually a whole. There's a great video. Uh, I've mentioned the YouTube before. His name's Super Eye Patch Wolf. He does a great deconstruction of like what happened to Sonic because there is a very strange internet culture around Sonic. Really? And it's real weird. Oh no. Please. Did I just promote it? It's I would look no, it's 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 bizarre. You gotta check it out. I can't really do it justice and the video goes for like 45 minutes. So like it's just a deconstruction like what happened to Sonic and why is Sonic no I mean they just did the film a little while ago. Fuck the, the, uh, the, sorry, but on your film that OG film is have you seen it? No. No no the oh James Marsden is in the one no, that no 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 no, no, no. the anime. Oh, oh the anime. right yes I remember How that. How fucking good is that it was movie? So good. It is so. I might go home and watch it tonight. Like it yeah. is so good. Yeah, so so good. The underscoring the plot. It's just so fucking good. So sorry. Awesome. Go watch it. Yes. Oh. Also, Sonic's got one of the best soundtracks. Uh, it yes. Does. Good it games does. too. Like, good games. Good that games. weird ring roller skating ring mastery thing. Yes. On oh. GameCube, whatever so that was. Good. So I just think Mega Drive. In fact, talking about our Mother Caroline. Uh, Mum actually. I think it's pronounced Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> but weirdly enough, we had a Sega Mega Drive, and you know, Mum never played games, but somehow, I don't even know how this transpired, but she played Sonic 
on the Seeker Mega Drive and oh was really good at it. Like, <laughs> smashed it. Like, wrecked us. Like, I was, Mate, was, I was so terrible. much further than I ever got on it. And I was like, what the hell? It's actually a pretty hard game, too. It's a hard game. She mm. dominated that shit. So, yeah. Anyway, there you go, Caro. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to the Sonic legend. <laughs> <laughs> Suburban mother Suburban plays <laughs> Sonic. Like, there's a YouTube channel there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes. Or like some TikTok, hit me up. We'll figure yeah. it out, Caroline. <laughs> Let's do it. Anyway, back to some magical girls. Back to magical girls. So, yeah, I started, I got here via saying Knuckles is hot. <laughs> got <laughs> judged. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, take, I take that back. No judgment. This is a safe, safe, small table, okay? This is a very hot room, small table. Safe space for you. <laughs> Oh, it is. The humidity it's is uh, Magical girl, let's go. Magical girl. So I guess I'll bring this one home with something which I only had, I watched this in preparation for the podcast. I'd never seen it before. And it absolutely blew my mind, really. So I am talking about Puella Magi Madoka Magica, often referred to just as Madoka Magica. This is created by the Magica Quartet, which consists of director Ayakuki Shinobu, who was director of the Monogatari series and March Comes In Like a Lion, or Sangetsu no Lion. Scriptwriter, Gen Orobuchi, who we've talked about many times on this podcast. He, of course, wrote Fate Zero, uh, Black Lagoon, and Psycho Pass. The original character design by Ume Aoki and producer Atsuhiro Iwakami, who is still working very heavily today. Uh, Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song, Hori Mia, Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel movies, Erased, Your Lion April, Monogatari series. The guy's been a producer on everything. Animated by Shaft which was founded in 1975 and is famous for the Monogatari series, Poella, and March Comes In Like a Lion, amongst many others, a very famous and iconic animation studio. You once again got the arty Magical Girl series. I did, I did. Okay, I did. yeah. I, yes. You know, <laughs> and I'm you also s- snuck Shaft in there. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> really got that one in there. Was, uh, <laughs> All right, so what is this show about? In the fictional city of Mitakihara, Japan, middle schooler named Madoka Kaname and her best friend Sayaka Miki encounter a small cat-like creature named Kayube. It offers them a contract in which the girls can have any wish they want granted in exchange for becoming a magical girl and battling witches. Alongside this is a mysterious and cold transfer student who turns out to also be a magical girl named Homura Akame, and she tries to stop Madoka from becoming a magical girl seemingly at all costs. Madoka and Sayaka meet yet another magical girl who also attends their school called Mami Tomoe, and noticing their hesitance on accepting the contract, Mami offers to bring Madoka and Sayaka on her witch hunts so they may learn of the powers and great responsibilities that come from being a magical girl, much to Homura's chagrin. So the craft. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But what this show is, is a total and complete genre subversion. It is messed up. I actually struggled to get the first two episodes. I was a bit like... Okay, yeah, okay, I've seen this a hundred times before. Like, why does everyone say this is so messed up? And then the third episode hit and I was like, oh shit. Oh mm. my God. Like, so intense. So it's, it really takes the idea of the magical girl genre of all these many, many decades of shows and, which, and just turns it on its head and was like, yeah, but what if we examine this really? And the responsibility, the weight of expectation on young girls having to save the world. What does that do to them? How does that make them feel? And Kaiube, who is the classic cutesy, like sort of cat-like creature with big long ears and he looks super, super cute. What if what he's offering isn't quite what it seems? And I won't spoil that because that's the big, big reveal. But like, it is so good. I couldn't believe how good this is. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Link me. Yes, it is so, so good. And it just messes the whole genre up. And just by the end, there's some episodes where I'm just like, my jaw was on the floor, like so shocked. Because again, it's doing that really mo kind of stuff. Like it's very, you know, it's, they're ticking every, box to deliberately making it as sort of stereotypical as they possibly can. Like, you know, they've got the big transformation sequence. They're hiding their identities and they're going to high school and they're doing everything that you expect from a magical girl show, but it's messed up and it's like really real. Is it you? 2011. Oh, shit. People often consider it one of the most disturbing shows. Like people find it, like it's pretty confronting to watch. It's it's Because it's a deconstruction and, but it's kind of like, it's, yeah, it's. Almost like a commentary on the. Yeah. Well. yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. 100%. The tropes are deliberately tropey and then deconstructed and messed up. And the art styles, the witches generate these worlds which the magical girls have to enter to to go. It's a bit like the um in Jujutsu Kaisen, the domain domain expansions, like these worlds that the witches inhabit and then they're in them. But the art style 
is like a fever dream, like trippy acid trip, like an almost clip art yeah, kind right. of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, cool. it's really weird and like deliberately disconcerting and sort of discombobulating. But it is some of the most original, beautiful, exquisite artwork you could ever hope to see. And Does apparently, it go between artworks? Art yeah, styles? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And so the normal world's just like a classic uh -huh. kind of Mo style cutesy. And, and then the witch worlds are just like, Whoa, also whoa. famously like uh, amazing fight sequences. The fight sequences like that are action heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is basically the magical girl genre that Neon Genesis is to the mecha genre. <laughs> yeah. right. It's like existential life. <laughs> for real, for real. Like wow. it's yeah, that that's probably the best way to describe that's this. It's totally, the Neon Genesis of the magical girl genre. On acid. Yeah, on acid. <laughs> it's like it's insane. So actually production IG, who you know, one of the big production studios, high Q, just amongst many other things. Uh, but the head of that, his name's Katsuyuki Motohiro. He was so blown away by the writing of the show that he asked Geno Rabuchi to write Psycho Pass as a result. He's like, oh, we got this shit. idea for this uh, show. You're the guy who can write it because you're a genius. And I brought him in. So, like, you know, this this blew minds. You know what I mean? Like, this show blew, especially in Japan, because people just hadn't seen this done to, you know, to that genre. No one had done this before. And, like, when you do it, it's, you know something's a good idea when it's like, why did anyone think of this yeah. before? You know, like it's so obvious. It's like the reality of what being a magical girl would actually mean if you were literally a 14 year old. It's yeah, quite. Well, fuck, I don't, I'm already dealing with like TikTok bullying and acne. Now you want me to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so as I mentioned before, it, it utilizes the Mo animation sort of drawing style. And that it's kind of hard to explain, but it refers to the strong, the feelings of strong affection from an audience to a character. So it's usually through the male gaze and can be kind of fetishized and it's kind of it's a kind of a weird thing in this genre. It's also very much directed at the otaku market. So when you see mo, kind of means cute, but it actually means to generate affection from an audience. So it's 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 got a kind of semi-nebulous term. I thought it was much more simple until I looked into it and I was like, that's actually quite a concept. It's very cutesy. And like most magical girl shows are, like they're all very, very cutesy, which makes it super disturbing when really crazy things start happening. It starts off as like, oh, great, cool, magical girl show, and then just like existential horror, you know. Yeah, it's... um, How many apps? Just, just 13, 12, 12, 13. Straight through. And a movie. They, 20 a minutes? 40. Sorry? 20 minutes? Uh, 20 minutes, minutes yeah. Fuck. yeah. And then a movie at the end. Yeah, and Amazing. the movie Revolution, which I haven't watched yet. There's also a few other movies, but I believe they're just basically a condensed version of the show. And I think it's another movie coming out soon. It's like what they did with the Mugen arc, yes. right? And yes. then I was like, this is just... The Movie in 20-minute parts, right? Yeah, that was right. a strange I was movie. like, what are we yeah. doing? What are we doing here? You've like, just been like, we haven't figured out the entertainment art district yet. Just watch this again. <laughs> yeah, <it's> okay. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, if that's what it takes, please do that again. Because it was yeah. because, fucking stunning. Oh, my God. Oh, that final. I mean, tangent again. That we It should have finished with the second last episode. Yeah. Last episode, was yes. like, so bad. I was like, I don't want the backstory of this fucking... The bitch and her brother, like, oh, <laughs> I wanted that fight scene, which was fucking epic. That was amazing. Yeah. And then he exploded in the black and fucking blood sides went everywhere. And I was like, what's happened? It should be like season three coming soon. Yes. Not like, here's the backstory. And that's why they were so um, troubled and fucking shit. And it was, it was like, like a special, it was like 45 minutes. I was like, why? I thought that explosion meant that was like someone else coming, like um, upper rank threes coming or <laughs> to fuck shit up. Back. Someone's <laughs> back. And then it's just like, and then the old guy with the fucking veiny disease died. And I was like, okay. Spoilers, yeah. I was like, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I mean, I was like, give me some more of this lit polyamorous relationship happening. Right? Like, yes. you guys are great. Like, oh, yeah. No, I was, yeah, I wanted Speaking to know. Of hot anime characters, Azui. Yeah, he's pretty hot. Pretty hot. And his all, wives are all hot. Super hot. It's hot. Oh, they're hot. That <laughs> they're is all some hot. fucking, I would sit and watch. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm not here. <laughs> start with him. And, and then once he's done, you girls go for it and I'll just bug her off. <laughs> Although now he's missing a hand. <laughs> <laughs> like a fetish, I don't know. <laughs> One limbed. He's still muscly as fuck. True. And I love that he's like, his like passion is like, everything's going to be, is it fancy? No, what's flashy. Flash, flash, flashy, yeah. flashy. Do it. Like kill him, but make it flashy. I'm yeah. like, great. Right. And now when he was about to die, it was like going to be the least flashy death and he was off it. Like he was and like, he was, <laughs> he was, he was like, like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. And they're like interrupting me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is not. Good. <laughs> so, so good. So that is, I mean, that's Madoka Magica. And Boom. I cannot suggest it harder if I tried. It is so, so good. It is so fantastic. And especially after talking through all the history and the, the you know, the great landmarks of the genre, this then holds even more meaning, you know, when you watch it. For those of you who have watched Magical Girls, and even if you've never watched it at all, this will still hold water and it will still affect you 
significantly. So have it's they, worth a watch. Have they copied this uh, blueprint more recently from? Um, I haven't. I think there's a new movie coming out. But, but in terms in, of like another anime, completely different story, or is this like the OG of this sort of? This is like this is the OG. But the I think first, people yeah. have tried to emulate it to yeah. lack of. Well, it I was mean, really successful. It like took right. together on oh, this yeah. song. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like blew up. This has already happened. Don't do it. A lesser version of this because well, I mean, this was great. You know, one yeah. of the priority kind of tried to do this. You know, a few se- a few seasons ago, that, that anime original, they kind of tried. It was a, definitely a magical girl show, and definitely all about like. The impact on there was more of an impact of modernity on on young on young women, but it was that show fell apart. My God, they ran out of time to finish it, so they went, "We're gonna have a whole season to wait, and then we'll do a finale." It was the worst thing ever. I wish it had remained unfinished. It was, it was one of the worst oh, finales of all time. There's a lot of academic papers writing on magical girl genre and everything, oh, yeah. and like a lot of them tend to look at it through a lens that it's like um, obviously symbolic of uh, puberty growing up, a loss mm-hmm. of innocence. The woman is the transformer. Like it's kind yeah. of a there's a lot of look into that. I don't know. I think that, that that obviously could, that is a thing. Like, and obviously that's definitely what they're exploring, particularly the age range that these characters mostly mm. are, like that coming of age kind of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret magical girl genres and a lot of reading out there. So if and you're also interested. Like, imagine what they can do, like, and let's talk, going back to Sakura, who's 10 and cute. And it's just <laughs> like, if she can conquer the world and battle fucking evildoers and save shit at 10, she's going to be president by the time she's fucking 21. You know yeah. I mean? like, That's true. That's true. Is it, and again, is the magical girl genre setting up young women so they know how to tackle life going forward, so they know where their morals and their values lie, so they have a better sense of themselves as they mature? Like, who? I wish we could see Cardcaptors 20 years down the track. You know how they did, like, Rugrats all grown up? I'm like, yes. I want Cardcaptors all grown up. Yes. Absolutely. I want Hell Usagi yes. Chan at 40. Like, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> She's still a mess. She's still a mess. She's a She's fucking still, mess. She's still a fucking like, head, you know what I mean? <laughs> She still hasn't cut her hair, but she's still hot. You know? Middle-aged women can be hot. Caroline. You know? My gosh. I'm here for it. Well, I think, for those of you who've never seen it, or maybe even dismissed Again, you know, even in the United people, I think still many fans today would dismiss the magical girls or middle arts. For, for I totally girls, did. Know, like. And I now have gone back and like, I did watch them when I was a kid in car games and left more of an impression than I realized it did. Cause I kind of yeah. um, was very resistant to that for some dumb reason. Like, honestly, I look back and I'm like, what? Like this clearly spoke to me. I remember it mm, so well. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. So I recommend giving it a shot. No matter what age you are, no matter what gender, there is a lot. The fact, the demographic of fandom for these shows is actually huge. It's yeah. brawling and it's not, it's not necessarily. And the thing about anime is we talk about shonen, shoujo, but reality is that's not actually who's going to necessarily enjoy it. Because mm. if that's the case, then I like the stuff that's for like children, for boy children, because yeah. I yeah, love that. Boys, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a teenage boy then, okay, yeah. by that standard. So yeah. it's like, it just doesn't matter. So yeah, if anything away, like take away, it's like, just watch whatever you want. Like whatever yeah, you like. it doesn't matter, man. I can like, Anime is like an open book on purpose. And yeah. there's a reason there's so many spinoffs, versions and series and seasons of everything is because it's they're trying to cater to whatever you want. Like they'll take the blueprint of one and be like, well, let's make this anime, which is three quarters that and maybe a quarter of that. Mm. And that's a target demographic. And then they'll do it with different mixes to find, like there is an anime niche for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's 20 fucking minutes. Watch two apps and go, nah, not for me. And then try another, another one. Like, is there a musical theatre anime? And why not? Uh, there is like, I mean, not a musical theatre one, but there's a lot of spinoffs that are all about like music. Idols. And, oh, yeah. 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 All the idol stuff. And they're like, Again, it's a spin-off of she could be a superhero and her magic is like a violin or like she can sing well and that's her power. So there's lots of musical theatre animes out there, but nothing as good as a chorus line at the Opera House <laughs> running for two more weeks. Uh, tickets on sale at the moment. Yes, indeed. Well, All Ross, right. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule again, as you said. Go check out the show at the Opera House of all places, the most iconic venue in the land, a chorus line playing right now. We're going to come watch it, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait. Okay. And thank you. So good to get you in person. Thank finally. you for having me. So happy to have you. It was such a fun chat. It was so cool. And, you know, I think we really covered some ground there. So don't write off the genre. And also, nope. if it's not for you, don't worry about it. That's fine too. Yeah. But, like, Just don't, don't talk to us off. ever again. <laughs> yeah. Just don't at us. But, yeah, you know, maybe you'll surprise yourself. And, again, if it's not your jam, Puella Madoka Magica probably will be. Thank you so much, Ross. Thank you, Charlotte. Always thank you. Thank you. Thank I'd you. also like to thank our patrons, of course. I'd like to thank Grant. I'd like to thank Curtis. I'd like to thank Stuart. I'd like to thank Christian, Caroline. Hey. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, sorry. Sorry, Catherine. Uh, <laughs> Samantha, Alex, and Ian. 
Thank you guys so much. Really means the world to us. You don't know how much it helps. And if you want to join the Patreon, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. So thank you. We'll catch you all next season. This is the end. Yeah. We'll see you next time. There might be some bonus episodes coming out. Check our socials and website for that. We'll see you soon. And remember, if your name is Darren, change it. (laughs) 